Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, my beautiful love tribe. Welcome back to Hard Blend Podcast. If you are new, then welcome. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. If you are returning, then thank you so much for tuning in. And we have a very special conversation. This was one of my most interesting and healing conversations I have had thus far. So I hope that you truly enjoy this experience. Hello, I'm here with Kat, and she has a very special message to share with us in regards to healing from trauma. I'm very excited to hear from her. She has such a beautiful soul and spirit, and I want to welcome her with open arms. So Kat, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I know you have such a powerful story and experience that you've been through, and I'm just anxious to hear everything that you have to share. But if you could share a little bit about yourself and what brought you along this journey. Sure. Um, So I guess I'll start by saying that I am 24-year-old, living in Minnesota, still very much so figuring out what I'm doing with my life. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what a lot of people are feeling in this time. Oh, Um, yeah, for sure. But I I stumbled into blogging. Um, My blog is scattercat.com, and it's dedicated to inspiring positive change in the world. And Mm -hmm. um, so I was talking to Lindsay about earlier, it just kind of evolved with me and my healing journey um, as a survivor of sexual violence. And so the blog is about three years old and it's just grown with me as I've transformed and changed and shifted a million times over because that's what healing Mm -hmm. is. um, A lot of it was reconstructing my identity and who I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up after the trauma. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And, um, I know that like so many things happen to so many different people and like we could take it either way. We can either take it as something to cripple us or something to make us, I don't want to say like stronger, but I guess stronger, but just, Mm -hmm. yeah, but just to like kind of strengthen our journey and add more to our story. Um, And I always like to take like um, traumas or things that happen to us happen for us to help others heal. Um, if we take, if we take that approach, because sometimes we can use it to like victimize ourselves, but it sounds like you really utilize that experience to heal properly. And I like, I think that's amazing. Thank you. And yeah, that resonates with me a lot. I mean, from a very young age, I knew what my purpose was Mm -hmm. and it was very broad in general, but I just knew that I cared so much about people and at the end of the day all I wanted to do was help others Mm -hmm. so um 
being a survivor of sexual violence was not something that I ever saw coming. I mean, Mm -hmm. who does? But that's, it became part of my story, whether I wanted it to or not. And Mm -hmm. um, I had to integrate it into myself. And it, in the process, it just turned out to be a natural thing that now I'm in a place where I can share my story and hopefully offer others little tidbits and um, pieces of wisdom that I've stumbled upon along the way and share that and try to fulfill my sense of purpose, which is helping Mm -hmm. others um, as I'm helping myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to healing from something traumatic, it takes a moment to even like just take in what happened like what (laughs) did it just happen to me so (laughs) I'm sure that you went through that experience for sure oh you have no idea and sometimes that moment dragged out for (laughs) months at a time and then Mm -hmm. I felt like I got past it and then you'd get to another situation or a trigger that comes up and you're like back in that seat Mm -hmm. that hot seat again like how did this happen mm-hmm. or why did it happen? And gosh, dang, I don't want to accept this, that this happened, but it did. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. And how long has it been since you've been like recovering from everything? Um, so it's been about three years from the initial two assaults, which were in the same night when I was studying abroad. And then within a year, um, totally different situation but another um trauma came about from two men in the same night again and one was an assault and then one was a rape so uh, really shook me um yeah so that was about two years ago wow oh my gosh I can't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's really rough. And you mentioned like being abroad. I couldn't really imagine what that would feel like being in a place that's nowhere near home. I think that was probably a time that I felt the most alone in Mm -hmm. my whole life because you couldn't reach out to anyone. Um, yeah, I I just remember in, in those moments wanting my parents so badly. Mm-hmm. It was tough. Uh, I can't lie about that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I want to cry. <laughs> no, okay, girl. No, no, happy no. ending. Hang in there. No. Okay, 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 okay. All right. We're going to get there. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, I mean, these things happen. They happen every day. They happen. And a lot of times, even though it, things happen to us, for some reason, especially for women, it's like, ooh, I don't know about you, but for me, like, when things happen to me, like somehow I still feel guilty. Like, how does that work? Um, you know? I think it's the society and culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. We take on a lot of weight and responsibility for things that were never intended to be ours to carry. Yeah. Oh, wow. <sighs> Thank you so much for being open um, to sharing, you know, um, a little bit about 
what you've been through. I know that's going to resonate with so many people. I hope so. Um, yeah, it will. And and maybe maybe in a way it will help maybe prevent something. Just it, I don't know if it can prevent, but you know, just by hearing someone else's story can maybe help give some perspective of ways to, I don't know, just, I don't know. Like, were you by yourself? Did you have anyone with you or friend? Like, um, both of the traumas were like different in mm-hmm. how they happen. I mean, um, the first one, well, I guess I should preface this by like, like giving you a little bit of input about how I was raised. And okay. um, I mean, it's not to say that any of these things were my fault, but they played no. a role in how I found myself in those situations. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I grew up in a very small town, um, about less than 500 people, mm-hmm. very small. And I grew up on a little farm. Um, and I am the second oldest of seven kids. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And okay. I had the world's most protective father. Okay. And um, my mother was too, but not as overbearing as my dad was. Mm-hmm. So I led a very sheltered life. Um, I never even had an opportunity to like really make any mistakes because – like you just, I was a good, good kid. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and I was, I do consider myself to be someone like genuinely kind and caring and compassionate. Mm-hmm. And I had, because of all those things, like I had no idea what some of the people in this world were capable of. Mm-hmm. I only saw like the world in like rosy shades of pink and everything was beautiful. Everyone was beautiful. Like there's no way that there's anything out there that's, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not the world I lived in. Like I was, I was just myself and I was like, so when I went abroad, it was like, I'm spreading my wings. Like I can't wait to see the world and every moment that I was abroad, it was like just almost intoxicating because I was like, wow, everything is so cool. Like, mm-hmm. look at how these people are living. And I would make new friends every single day, just randomly on the street. And that's, and so that's what happened to start with um, that really awful night um, was something so innocent as meeting these like. 20 something year old soccer players on the street and they had a box of pizza in their hand and they're like, what's your Instagram? And I'm like, what, mm-hmm. why are you asking me that? <laughs> why are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we just talked and it was just like, cool, like some new friends. And I was with my friend at the time. Uh, and because of like my trustworthy or like trusting nature, like we mm-hmm. decided to go to um, their apartment and I didn't realize that there was going to be other people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a great time. Like I remember having fun and we ate pizza and talked about American stuff because they just <laughs> wanted to know everything and how Trump was and, <laughs> 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 <You know? laughs> um, 
And I felt safe enough, and my my friend was tired, and we had a tour for the next day. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what, I'm fine. Like, our Airbnb was only a few blocks away, so it's like, she's like, I'm going to go back. I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to stay a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And then right after she left, I knew that, like, the, the red flags started going. Mm, the energy shifted. Completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the dudes that was there, like, who I did not like from the start, like, he had some very, like, awful energy is the only way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was safe because I saw um, a wedding ring on his left hand. And so I was like, okay, he's he's gross. He kind of gives me the, ugh. Yeah. But I think I'm safe. Um, just, And he was a little bit older than the others. He was one of those that I didn't know that was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it turned into a situation where um, he, t- or I guess I should add too that the upper, the apartments work differently there. I don't know if it's like, I don't think it's throughout like all of Argentina, but they, you had to have a key to get out. Mm -hmm. So like, I knew that I couldn't get out of there unless I stayed on their good side. Mm. That added a weird layer Mm -hmm. of complexity. Like I couldn't just go out the door. I needed someone to let me out. Oh no. Yeah. Uh huh. And so um, it just turned into a situation where the the creepy guy, I don't even remember their names, which... It's not really worth that. it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just call them, like, ugly face. Creep one, creep two, boy. right? Yeah. <laughs> creep one and creep two. <laughs> um, but he, eventually, like, people started leaving. There was only... Um, the two left and one of them was the one that I met on the street right away. So I felt like I had established some trust with him. Mm-hmm. And when he went to the bathroom, the other guy started trying to like forcefully, like make me kiss him and drag me into his bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I just kept like trying to resist and like get away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, when the other guy came back, I was just, I had to get him alone and, like, to tell him what happened so he could let me out of there. Mm-hmm. And that took a while. So I was kind of, like, stuck in that space just awkwardly for, I, I don't know, time is kind of messed up there. But what ended up happening is that um, the other guy, creep number two, <laughs> let me out. And he said that he was going to walk me home because, and he was sorry that that guy had done that to me. Mm-hmm. But it turned into going from one person who assaulted me into the next one. Mm. So um, he pretended to need to go and get his sweatshirt. Um, and he was staying at just the building like a block over. And he's like, let me just grab my sweatshirt and then we can go. And I'm like, okay. And so he tricked me into entering a different building with him. And um, I was going to stay in the lobby and there was another whole group of men. And he's like, it's probably safer if you just come up here quick. And I'm like, okay. And then that's kind of the end of that. I was trapped in his room. He locked the door and um, yeah, that's how that assault happened. Oh my gosh. How did you Um, get out? 
It was very, very strange. I'm sure you're familiar with like fight, flight, and freeze. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. My body was in such confused, like, states. Like, I remember like shifting through each one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, in my mind going so fast, but my body like going nowhere, Mm -hmm. like trying to figure out like what happened or make sense of what happened Mm -hmm. because I would try to get away and like, this guy was weird. He's like, would start crying and begging me to stay and apologizing. Yeah. Not so behavior. And I was just like, and I got scared. I was like, I don't know what kind of mental illness this guy has, or maybe he just drank too much. But honestly, I have no idea what he's capable of. Right. So it was like, how can I get myself out of here in a way that's safe and in a way that I'm not going to be, like, seriously injured? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something he's capable of or not. Like, he's acting very erratic and weird. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went through, like, a few, I don't know if I would call it cycles of me, like, trying to, like, get him away from me Mm -hmm. and then him crying and then me trying to like slowly go out and like him crying more Mm -hmm. (laughs) eventually um um I just I something clicked in my head where I was like Caitlin you need to run now Mm -hmm. and so I I got up and like I I don't think I was in my body for most of that experience. Yeah, um, you kind of... Kind of disassociated mm-hmm. for most of it. But um, when I... I think maybe that was the point where I kind of returned to my body where it was like, you got to get out of here. Like, get yourself to safety. And so I, I got my stuff together as quickly as I could. And I and he tried to, like, block the door. And I just said, if you don't get out of my way, I'm going to start screaming at the top of my lungs. And he started he like reverted back to his like childlike crying behavior Mm. (laughs) and I ran wow luckily there was someone to let me out down um in the lobby area Mm. and after that I just remember running 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 Mm. and then I guess this was a cool part of that story though that as I got far enough away Mm -hmm. like this stray dog came out Mm. out of the bushes out of nowhere and he walked with me the whole way back (sighs) to the airbnb and sat with me because my friend had fallen asleep and she didn't answer any of the phone calls oh god so that dog sat with me for like four hours until the sun came up oh wow that is really so beautiful it's really beautiful it kind of brings tears to my eyes now because i'm like I don't know which one of my spirit guys is watching out for me, but thank you for showing up in that Yes, time. absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That is so – that's such a powerful story. Thank you. I hope I said it in a way that's not re-traumatizing no. to anyone. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's your truth. So I think that if it does maybe trigger some – feelings of emotions then it's kind of just that moment to reflect on how we can heal further and I think you know you're not just going to end here you have so much more to share on how to 
you know, overcome that. Um, yeah. you know, I think, I think sometimes, you know, I go through that too, where even certain words can be triggering for people. And I try to be mindful, but at the same time, it, I have to be honest and I, I have to make sure that, you know, I don't know who's listening. I have no control over who listens, but to hold back out of fear for not triggering someone could potentially cripple, you know, someone that may need to hear it um, mm -hmm. either in a preventive way or to know that they're not alone. Mm. You know. Thank you for saying that. I guess I needed that little um, piece of reassurance. Yeah, absolutely. No, you'll never go wrong speaking your truth. Um, so, okay. So we've gone through that experience, which I was like, trying, I was like picturing everything. I was like, oh my gosh, you know? Um, and uh, after that experience, just how did you get to a place of healing a little bit? from that like I know it probably took you a moment to even try to process what just happened to you but I guess what feel I guess before you got to the healing part I know we all have our emotions so like what mm -hmm. emotions like were you feeling after that like anger so like you know I'm sure um, I felt absolutely nothing and that was the scare one of the scariest things for me because I'm mm -hmm. a very emotionally like intelligent person I would say mm -hmm. like I'm very in touch with my emotions and mindful mm -hmm. of them and so like the day after that I slept the entire day I don't remember anything of it mm -hmm. I remember it's like an entire day was gone and then the next day came where I woke up and I remember looking in the mirror and not like recognizing myself mm -hmm. like I didn't feel in my body I didn't feel mm -hmm. any emotions um so I remember going down to the beach and running as fast as I could, like by the ocean, um, trying to get myself to a place of feeling something. Mm -hmm. um, and I sprinted and sprinted and sprinted. And I just kind of like collapsed on my knees and I, I couldn't feel anything. Oh I felt gosh. like um, it almost felt like a piece of my soul had literally died. Mm. Like, I, I didn't feel like I was me anymore. Um, and that mm. was a really, really, really scary thing to mm -hmm. feel like you you lost who you are. Um, mm -hmm. That was a very, the days after were extremely tough. Um, trying to even grip the reality of what happened to me. Mm -hmm. So coming to the realization that it had a word, which was sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my God, I didn't want those words in my story. <laughs> right. Um, and then the healing didn't start there, um, actually. It didn't start until after the next assault um, mm -hmm. because I decided to do what I had always done in my teenage years, and that was just to bury it somewhere in the back of my mind mm. um, and I did so mostly because I was traveling abroad and I had to finish my last semester of college mm -hmm. and I didn't want this thing that happened to me to take away 
the um, the experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that wouldn't be fair, so I kind of treated the rest of my time there as like, okay, enjoy this while you can because it's gonna be like a shit show when you get back home. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have no work to do, right? Oh man, yeah, I could but see I, that. I still I still buried it pretty deep and it mm-hmm. would like overflow in random times or when I felt triggered or um sometimes just such random conversations all of a sudden I'd be crying mm. um because <laughs> like trauma doesn't want to sit in the back of your mind it wants to manifest in any way it can for you to pay attention to it and yeah. deal with it yep absolutely Oh my goodness. Um, trauma takes a, a long time to heal from, sometimes f- forever, depending on how long you haven't, you know, addressed it. Mm-hmm. it. It takes longer. And then it's like a consistent um, maintenance, I guess, mm-hmm. to work with yourself through different experiences when you might have triggers. So. It's a lifelong journey once that happens, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely learning that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, things did shift majorly after um, the more recent assaults where I decided that I was going to put every ounce of energy that I had into healing. Like, mm. I I didn't want to mess around with it anymore. I mean, yeah. it and I didn't have the energy to either. I was so, mm-hmm. so down and struggling so much with PTSD mm. that it's like there's no way that I can go ahead living as a normal, quote unquote, normal human being at this time. Mm-hmm. Like I am I'm going to do this healing thing. And so that's that's what I did. I made the commitment and I told myself it doesn't matter how long it takes this is the gift that I'm going to give myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's been two really, really intense years of healing mm-hmm. um, in many different ways because I didn't just, I haven't just been healing from the traumas, but I've been healing stuff that I never addressed in my childhood either. Mm-hmm. So it's been like a total like construction zone in my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I did. I um, I didn't go through the, anything like what you've gone through, of course. But I've gone through a, a few things in my life where you bury it, you know, from your childhood, and then mm-hmm. as you get older, sometimes you don't even like. I think, especially when it comes to um, like as a child, when things happen to you, you don't even know if it where to place it. Because you mm-hmm. haven't gained enough experience in life to know what's good, what's bad, what's safe, what's unsafe. And mm-hmm. as you get older, you look back and you're like, that was bad. And then you, right. and you almost like traumatize yourself as an adult for something that happened a long time ago. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are always confused that haven't been through any type of traumatic experience where they're like, well, why did it take you so long to say something now? Like, why did it, why did you hold on to that so long? And it's like, well, as a child, you don't even know what is good or bad. 
if it right. doesn't seem like something that's like somebody's like punching you, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, if you go through, you know, any kind of experiences that are deemed traumatic, but you don't know it's traumatic yet, you're not going to say anything, you know, um, unless that's, you that's know, unless you know mm-hmm. it's bad, right? Then it's like, I should right. say something. Or you might feel, uh, depending on the abuser, you might that person can manipulate you into trying to trick you. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. why. Sorry, I went on a tangent here. I didn't mean to go no, down. No, that's throat. a very valid one. I mean, <laughs> we're, um, we're in the process of like forming belief systems about ourselves and how the world works. And so we internalize a lot of what's happening in the external. So mm-hmm. things that you probably know as a kid, like, oh, that didn't feel good when that person said this to me or that happened to mm-hmm. me. But you incorporate it into your story because that's what reality is like for you. And exactly. it becomes normal. Right. Um, and I think just when you had mentioned about childhood, like cleaning stuff up from your childhood, I just, I think I went through that journey when I was about twenty. 26 now 25 um was when I decided to take that time to be like okay let's let's clean up (laughs) (laughs) um that's really like what a self-love journey is it's just Mm -hmm. like okay you know it doesn't start from that moment you say I'm gonna love myself it starts from the moment where you're like all right, let's clean up everything up until this point (laughs) um so yeah Definitely. Um, when you got Can to I a... throw one thing in there, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, it kind of rang a bell in my head when you said, um, "Oh, dang! Now my brain's just dropping off." No, Excuse no, me. no, no! You're fine. It'll come back to you. I, I said, "Okay, let me say some like words like childhood, self love journey, uh... clean up." <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, I remember now. Thanks for hanging in there. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like as a kid, you haven't developed emotionally to know how to handle what's like happening. And I've kind of found that to be a useful tool in going back Mm -hmm. and extending like love towards my little version of myself. Mm -hmm. And it's been kind of a way to not speed up, but help along the healing is understanding that the person I am now was nowhere near who I was as a child Mm -hmm. and that child was always just doing the best that they could with what they had oh yeah for sure and that's a when you think I know for myself when I look back on like my my childhood and different things I've gone through I kind of cry a little bit because it's like you know that you were doing the best that you could and when you've grown as an adult and you look back, you're like, oh my gosh, like you, you shouldn't have even had to carry that weight, you know? Definitely. Yeah. So I'm like, I always tear up when I reflect on like a new epiphany where I'm like, man, what? <laughs> like that wasn't it's fair. So, it's, so true. it's like, um, you have to do some mourning for the lost experiences of your childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, happens to me every once in a while I mean I feel like I've I've healed a lot of it but there's still stuff that sneaks up and comes to the surface and it's like oh I gotta deal with that now Hmm. yeah exactly and it I think it comes up throughout our whole lives you know um because mm-hmm. you gain more 
um, like you always get to a different level of consciousness that even if you hear the same thing that you've heard already, it just hits differently when you have a deeper understanding of something. And then yeah. it's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yep. No. Nope. My mind is blown all over again. <laughs> all over again. Same words, but totally different impact. <laughs> Um, so when you started your healing journey, did you have any help? Did you do this all by yourself? Like, how did you start? Um, it started with a phone call to my sister Mm. and that branched out into my mom reaching out to me and then slowly myself telling my closest friends and then gradually, um, some of my extended family. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of acquired, like, or like pulled in the people that loved me and cared about me and mm-hmm. who I knew was going to be there for me. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like brought them in as I was capable of retelling the story mm-hmm. without going into a sort of panic. Mm-hmm. So I was very lucky to establish like a very solid support system. Um, and I will always thank my mom for this, even though I was um 22 at the time like she called and she got me into a therapist right away good that was that specialized in trauma yeah and so it's been two years of I call it therapy Thursday because I go every single Thursday and um that was the commitment part of the commitment that I made to myself and Mm -hmm. then since then I keep finding that the people that are meant to help me heal come into my life like Mm -hmm. I have an amazing chiropractor and physical therapist and I've made new friends some are survivors of sexual violence and some are not and um so I've been really lucky to have a lot of the right people near me Mm -hmm. but that doesn't take away that the fact that this is very much so my work and Mm -hmm. I kind of use them as like a buffer at times and that I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like it's, it's my trauma and no one else has lived that except for me. And mm-hmm. so sometimes as hard as it is, like we have these paths that we do walk alone and we know that we can reach out and get support as we need it. But some, that's what I, I had to do. I had to look at I had to go back time and time and time again and look at different aspects of the trauma and who I was and how I got there and um, what I could improve on or I don't know, just so many different aspects of like reflection. Mm -hmm. And I had to do that on my own because they were my memories. Yeah. Only you can do that. Like nobody can Mm -hmm. jump in your mind or your heart and try to like fix things. Mm -hmm. Um, they can only help, but they can't actually do the work. Right. So it's good that you recognize that. Um, what were some of like the most difficult aspects to overcome? Um, I would say, especially in this last year, one of the most difficult things for me was, um, watching a lot of people of like my age Mm -hmm. going out and doing normal things for my age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that everyone has their struggles, but it felt just like the, the dissonance between where I was at and other people mm-hmm. um, 
like young 20 year olds like was just so huge I felt like there was just this giant chasm of like where I was at Mm -hmm. and where they were at (laughs) Mm. so it's like the things that I wish I could have been doing I wish I could have been traveling I wish I could have um landed like the job of my dreams I wish that I could have been out going out on dates and looking for someone special to have in my life or Mm -hmm. just normal things like walking down the street and not being afraid that the next guy I run into is going to attack me or something Mm -hmm. crazy like that Mm -hmm. Um, or not crazy that stuff happens but (laughs) it felt like kind of crazy and so um, there was a lot of times where I felt really down because my life looked so much different than other people's and Mm -hmm. then also dealing with the fact that it looked so much different than I thought that it was going to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, To have had not one trauma, but but two of them, it was hard to like wrap my mind around like what my life was actually going to look like. Like, am I always going to be traumatized or like, when do Mm -hmm. I get to have my dreams come true? Does that get to happen anymore? Do I even, mm-hmm. like, try to chase some of these bigger things? And um, it, those were probably the toughest things for me was taking that time to heal, like, was the best mm-hmm. thing that I could ever do for myself. But I did sacrifice some of the other, like, life experiences to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one of the highest forms of self-love to be able to do that, that even though you didn't do it, you didn't cause it, you still had to clean up the the mess that was left, even though you didn't make the mess. And that is taking responsibility. That's owning your power. That's um, truly owning, you know, your life. And you did that. And I think that's, just that's something that I always try to tell or teach or share or inspire and you've done that and I think that's like a beautiful manifestation that you've been able to get to that point thank you yeah that just fills my heart up (laughs) yeah and I know you're, you're gonna make like such a huge impact and difference just by you sharing just being able to step up to the plate because so many women or even men or anyone would feel a level of shame or guilt and they would be so fearful to share that their life is not perfect or it's not Mm -hmm. like what they think their life should be and Mm -hmm. the fact that you are owning that is just really powerful thank you and Mm -hmm. it was a conscious thing too because I had to toss out (laughs) um any idea of like living the perfect life and showing up as perfect and it I just kind of incorporated it into like my mission which was to like reach out and help other people heal by making sure that I showed them the ugly parts the raw parts and so like if you go on my Instagram you can see like some of the times where I was at my lowest Mm -hmm. and I was like I wanted to be sure that that part of the story was shared Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I did, um, because now when I, I share this part of the story, the part where like I'm like rising up like the phoenix and out of the ashes, like 
like it just makes this part of the story so much sweeter for me and I hope that it um, makes it feel more realistic to those who are looking to social media and trying to find someone to kind of like follow in their footsteps and in a way to say that yeah absolutely what um so share I want to I'm like anxious like we went through this whole thing and I want to know like tell me the good parts (laughs) the good parts is that life feels way brighter and more beautiful than it ever did before as Mm. I was a kid um I sometimes like I I go outside and like even a bird or like like the leaves falling off the trees now and it'll bring like tears to my eyes because I can appreciate so much more the beauty of life around me and the beauty of the people that I've found and kind of like collected in my healing times because Mm -hmm. they were so special and they were meant to come into my life and like I've gathered way more um loving and caring and positive people and they far outweigh any um, wrongful acts um, committed against me. Mm -hmm. Like I have more energy than I ever have before. It's and it translates into like, yeah, I can run faster. I can lift heavier things, but it's more so of like, a weight lifted off my soul where it feels like a different type of freedom. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, it falls under a word or a, a few words like post-traumatic growth. Mm. And I guess that's what I'm experiencing now. And, and, and it's exciting because I, I'm still processing through stuff. And mm. so now that I've got some like solid momentum going, like it's only going to get better. And that makes me want to cry too with happiness. Like, wow, my life is feeling good right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the beautiful thing. And I'm so happy that you shared that because um, when people go through darkness and they think that that's all there is, it's like they don't feel like they have any reason to continue with their journey. And I'm like, wait, 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 the good part is coming. Just hold on. Don't yeah. give up. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to hold on with everything you have. But yeah, the good part does come. It does. It always does. If it's not okay, it's not the end. So um mm-hmm what um what are some methods or like what did you actually do that kind of brought you to that place of feeling that light versus that despair that you were in previously Mm. that's a good question and kind of one that brings in a lot of different like ways that I chose to approach healing so um I have been doing EMDR, but basically it's a method of therapy that mimics um, the REM sleep cycle. Okay. Um, And you go through a traumatic memory with your therapist and they like kind of guide you through it and they help you to um, attach um, a helpful belief system about yourself or like belief about yourself to that memory so let's say I'm reprocessing the traumas in Argentina well when I think about that memory to start um, I 
believe about myself that I can't protect myself. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to process through that memory and get to a point where um, the belief that you kind of install instead is that I'm capable of protecting myself. And um, I kind of think of it as like in the garden, if you're trying to water the flowers and you have the garden hose going and you get like a kink in the hose and it mm-hmm. kind of gets stopped, like you don't have any water going out. That's kind of what happens when we are traumatized is that that memory is so overwhelming that it's not being stored properly in the brain mm-hmm. as um, something of the past. And so what happens is that we're constantly re-experiencing it as it's as if it's happening again to us in the present. And mm-hmm. so you get, um, and that kind of manifests in like PTSD and panic attacks. And so the goal of EMDR is kind of unkinking that whole, that hose and letting that water flow through. And in other words, like letting that memory process through and get stored in the correct part of your brain that recognizes that was a past event. It's over now. We're safe now. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things that has helped me so much. Um, But I've added in a bunch of other healing methods as I went along and um, definitely one of the top ones was just spending time in nature. Mm-hmm. It felt, I was one of the most important things for me was to reestablish a sense of safety. And I've always felt safe out by the trees and natural things by the water. Mm-hmm. And so, um, definitely spent a lot of time in nature and, um, a lot of walking. Sometimes it was hard to do like more intense exercises. Um, it maybe some people might <clears throat> have this resonate with them, and some don't. But when your when my heart rate would get high enough, mm-hmm. it felt like I was going to go into a panic. Mm. It felt similar to some of those like post trauma symptoms, mm-hmm. and so like exercise was kind of difficult, and okay. so I had to like choose some calmer activities. So a lot, a lot of walking, some stretching. I even went a little bit into yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say that I completely um, restructured my belief system like spiritually. And that just mm-hmm. kind of ha- happened naturally. Wow. Yeah, a lot of changes and a lot of things, but I've learned that if anything, there's so many ways that you can heal and Mm -hmm. it's about finding the ones that are going to further you along that work for you. Absolutely. And you made so many great points that I was not even aware of, just even having your heart rate be at a level that emulates adrenaline and fear can re-trigger that because it's like a physiological experience and mm-hmm. like it was such a strong event that happened you know within the brain that it's like it just keeps getting re-triggered so it makes it difficult to get past it so um 
thank you for walking me through that journey as well, just to give that understanding like, whoa, you know, it's not just like emotional, it's not just mental, but it's also physical too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if I can throw out a recommend recommendation, a really, mm-hmm. really good book to understand kind of the body's reaction to trauma is called The Body Keeps the Score. And I'll mm. have to let you know the author because it's kind of a different name that I can't okay. think of right now, but <laughs> so, so helpful in normalizing the things that are happening in our bodies as a response to trauma yeah. and understanding how the brain reacts. Because if I, I think if I didn't have that knowledge, I would have felt crazy most yeah. of the time. <laughs> right. Right. And that is also um, something I, I try to take into consideration. Like, I'm not a psychologist, of course, but I do understand the body, mind and soul. So it's like you have to take in how much the brain plays a role in mm-hmm. your behaviors and your experiences, because if you don't, then you're going to put more blame on yourself and it'll be harder for you to just like move forward with anything because you think something's wrong with you. And in actuality, yeah. it's very normal the way it may not be normal in regards to a totally healthy, nothing's ever happened to you, your brain's perfectly fine situation, but mm-hmm. your brain is reacting normally to a traumatic experience. Yeah. It's not you, you know. Everyone's like, what's going on is a normal rat. A normal reaction to an abnormal situation. Exactly. Yep. Beautifully said. Best way to put it. Um, So I love learning more about the brain. There's so much we don't know, which is crazy. I feel like we're not taught much about the brain at all. (laughs) I mean, at least for me, I feel like I I should know way more about the brain as much, you know, school we've been through. Right. Uh, I definitely had my fair share of psych courses, but I didn't learn anything about the brain's reaction to trauma until I found myself in that position myself. Exactly, which is crazy because I feel like that would provide so much more compassion and understanding for the people around it. Like, I feel like that's the whole purpose of having a psychology class. I took psychology too, but I don't remember anything from that <laughs> class. I really don't. I mean, I know it's been a while since I've been in school, but all I, re- all I can recall from psychology classes, maybe like this picture of a brain in a textbook and the word psychology. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't remember anything. I um, don't to that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, now I do. Now I know a lot more about psychology because I take time to like learn and read and watch videos and stuff like that. But um, yeah, leave it to education to, to really not teach us what we should know. Right. <laughs> be like uh, applied psychology <laughs> exactly yep um so have you been able to release really st- I know you're kind of just now opening up with sharing your journey but I know you also have a blog too which how can people find your blog um it's just scatteredcat.com and cat is k-a-t got it and have you had any feedback or anyone reach out to you about how you've how they've resonated with you at all yes and I would say there there were times that I really thought about just like 
thrown in the towel and like letting the blogs kind of slide away Mm -hmm. but those were the messages that like encouraged me to keep going because every once in a while I I still get and did get um a message from another survivor saying thank you so much for saying this and that um it helped me so much and I guess that's what I've learned with putting my voice out there Mm -hmm. is that you never know exactly what um what or who is going to stop by Mm -hmm. and by sharing so much of my experience, them being able to pick pick something or find something or stumble upon something that helps them and like kind of pushes them forward in their own journeys. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's so special. And all I had to do was write a blog article and it stays up on the internet for forever, I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's one of the beauties of it is that um, the people who find me and stop by and like I never know who it's gonna be sometimes it's someone from um, my high school and sometimes or it's someone that I've never heard of before and I celebrate each of them as like a success because it's like wow I'm so happy mm-hmm. that my story like helped you yeah absolutely and um I think that's fantastic. And um, was there, like, I don't know, like, what was the most powerful message that maybe you received, not from another person, but just in life of who you are as a person after all of this has happened? Oh, wow. I guess I've never thought of, never that. Thought of that one. Sorry, I threw you a curveball. <laughs> um, yeah, you got me there. Let me think for a second. <laughs> Um, I think I would say that my, my parents have been probably the most involved in this Mm -hmm. and to hear them talk about the version of me they saw at the beginning of the assaults and to kind of go through the process with me and like walk together to where I am at now and to hear their perspective on it having Mm -hmm. been like firsthand like witnesses to my healing process Mm -hmm. that's probably that's probably the best thing ever um Mm -hmm. because they just acknowledge that how much that I've grown and they kind of confirm that to me in times where I feel stuck mm-hmm. and they're like whoa 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 look at all that you've done mm-hmm. and so it's really nice to kind of have them there and to continually like reach out to if I need a reminder about um how far that I've come and give me a little push because they've seen me do tough things and mm-hmm. um they it's nice to have that feeling that they're proud of me but also that I have so many things to be proud of myself about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, let me just give them a shout out. Like, I love you, mom and dad. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Best parents. Like, you know, and I think that they probably saw the way the world could be and they tried everything to protect you from it. And, you know, things happen anyway. But the fact that they still stepped up to the plate and supported you regardless of what happened like I think that is 
really encouraging because some parents can just shun their eyes to things and say like, well, you know, we protected you from this. So you're on your own or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, they may not want to even, they may be in a sense of denial because they've tried to avoid it so much. So I think that, you know, the fact that they, they really are good parents for you, you know, to one, they try their best, you know, um, as you're a child, but, you know, maybe they didn't let you know how, yeah. you know, stranger danger so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but at the same time, they still showed up when it's most important. I think that's all we can ask for for our parents. I mean, they're, they're humans at the end of the day. They are not perfect. They don't have all the answers. But the fact that they show up the best way they can, because they probably weren't prepared to experience that just as much as you weren't. I know it hurt Mm -hmm. their soul to, Mm -hmm. you know, see their baby girl go through that. And I think that that's, you know, that still shows a lot of strength in you and your family. Yeah, um, I'm very thankful for them. And it makes me feel really good because I've got um, four siblings below me, four, Mm -hmm. five, four. I have to sometimes I have to remind myself how many I have, <laughs> <laughs> but my parents have completely adapted and integrated like what they they've learned with me and are approaching parenting a little differently with my younger siblings, mm-hmm. and so that that makes me so happy and mm-hmm. it just shows that like even when you get a little bit older. Um, they're like 50. They're going to be mad that I just said that. But, uh, <laughs> they're still like, very young. <laughs> they People are still so capable of change and growing and doing so in a positive way. And that makes me so happy mm-hmm. and makes me more optimistic about the people in this world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I loved your story and I think the most powerful thing that I took away from it is that, you know, traumas happen, things happen to so many people, regardless if they they don't deserve it or whatever. Most of the people that I'm not even gonna say right. that. Um but but the point you know, but the point is is the fact that you take on a level of strength that still helps you to be cat and to not be your wounds, you know, like just because things happen to you, you don't stay stuck in that victim mindset and Mm -hmm. to know that you're way more than your wounds. These things happen and they're unfortunate, but at the same time, they happen in such a way that, you know, you were the best person to be able to handle that, to be able to share with other people the experience to help heal. Because I firmly believe that the things that we go through, the things that happen to us, like we have like this kind of this contract, the soul contract when we come to this earth, that we either have the strength to carry certain things that happen or we don't. And so it shows that it's very clear 
that you do, that you had the strength to go through that. And even though our life may not be like picture perfect compared to like what we see on TV, which we all know that's fake. (laughs) um, (laughs) The fact is that you are perfect. You are perfect because you are able to handle that in a way that so many people may have not been able to handle that. So you're your journey and your purpose is perfect. You're the perfect person to be able to do that and to be able to still have that beautiful spirit and not carry bitterness within you um, and carry a mean spirit shows even more strength. So I just wanted to definitely let you know that you're on the right path. Thank you. That was the most, that was just such a gift. All those words to me, honestly. Um, And completely reaffirming and very like aligned with everything that's been happening to me like spiritually like Mm -hmm. I just got into the whole idea about soul contracts and coming to those realizations about my trauma that Mm -hmm. I probably was in some way like going to go through those and it was because like I knew like I was some, I am someone that was going to be able to handle it and grow. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Okay. I'm just so feeling so blessed right now. Thank you. Good. Good. I just, I just let it flow, man. You know, I, God speaks through all of us and, you know, it, the words that are said are meant to be said. Um, and I, I felt the need to tell you that and to share that with you. And I think that, you know, it's true. It's it's honest. Um, and it's clear, you know, like I've come across so many people in life that it's like, oh, why are they so mean? Like, why are they so like, oh, what's your attitude about? But, <laughs> but, but having the deeper understanding is like, okay clearly like who like nobody comes in the world like that like you no. know we come in the world like happy to even have a body you know like we're joyful mm-hmm. we're happy to be here we're curious about everything so there's clearly something that happens that makes someone just not like that anymore right. and i i try my best to hold that compassion and to not hold judgment because we don't know like we don't know what burden or weight someone's carrying but i think the most powerful thing about your story is that you did carry that burden but you chose to to handle it and to not just wait like have it weigh on you you know yeah thank you and I hope that anyone listening and if they've experienced any trauma they can they just know that they are so very capable of doing the same thing that I did and more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love this conversation and I don't want to like cut you off. Like I could talk to you for like days. I know, but... I feel like that too. <laughs> <laughs> Was there the any... now and I'm like, well, it's I know, been I'm like, really? Like... <laughs> no way. It feels like it's been like five minutes, but was there <laughs> anything else that you wanted to share before I let you enjoy the rest of your evening? No. I don't think so. Just, yeah. I think I got a lot of it out. But yeah. Everyone, if you're struggling, just keep on keeping on. You're yeah. going to get where you're going. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kat. Oh, and how can others get in contact with you? Um, I'm on most of the social media platforms, but you can probably 
reach me the quickest on the blog, which is scattercat.com. Perfect. Awesome. All right, Kat, thank you so much. I'm so excited to see where your journey takes you and to follow along with you. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.